Genre. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character and a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're discussing Kevin Conroy as Batman. And joining me for the discussion is returning guest Chris Mav Maverick. Welcome back, Mav. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And producer Andrew will be jumping on as well. Yes. This is an unexpected episode because if you're a longtime listener or you're a regular listener, you may know that we fairly recently talked about Batman the animated series. Um, it was an episode that was released on August 8th of this year. It's episode number 398. Um, however, uh, Kevin Conroy surprisingly passed away. Uh, he he passed away from cancer and it had been unannounced. And so it kind of took um, and anyone who was a fan of his work by complete surprise uh, mm-hmm. when, it, when it was announced. Uh, he was 66 years old. And kind of since then, I've been kicking around like, I think we should do another episode and talk about <laughs> talk about Kevin Conroy one more time uh, in in honor of like the how, how long was he doing Batman? Like, how long has he been our Batman? Uh, 30 uh, years. Yeah, because well, I mean, 30, up until 30, now, 30, 33, you know, so, if like they started making this in 89. Uh, but, but I thought, yeah, but I it they, didn't come out until 90 or 91. So so 30 yeah. years solid. It airs in 90, I think, is the first one. And then it goes to um, it. And then it. Let's see. 92 you know, he, is the first is the start of, of it. But it was probably in production in 90. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, it was coming off off of Batman 89. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so the the one, one the one we're going to talk about today is November 13th, 1992. And that's like the, that's the first year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So starts in 92 and he basically does it up until this year. So. 30 years of yeah and of he's voiced batman. uh batman and and bruce wayne and i i mean i couldn't even count how many episodes was... of television uh but also <laughs> animated movies uh mm-hmm. video, games, video games right like he's he's just been batman for a generation of fans one live appearance in um on arrow which is amazing because it's it just I, I i've always been a f- i'm so happy that he got to do that i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. actually even saw that he he does the crisis on infinite earths episode of arrow as an elderly bruce wayne um like exoskeleton which, yeah which kingdom come style good for him just that he got to because he was he's always talked about like you know i don't really i don't think anybody's ever going to give me the job you know being bruce wayne and i've gotten too old and he's like but wait now with batman beyond world i'm aging back into the role come on come on <laughs> and he, he, he made jokes. Back. yeah he's, he made jokes about that and um and he doesn't have the bruce wayne look you know the the the, the movie star ben affleck uh um uh, you know val kilmer like the look that they use for most bruce bruce wayne's but then he was just like uh they they asked him to do it for the crossover episode and i was like Absolutely, because to this day, um, I think I said when we did a show on Batman on my show, um, Kevin Conroy is the voice that I hear in my head when I read a Batman comic book. And <laughs> and my my wife once asked me, "Is like was 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 he Batman when you were growing up as a kid?" And it's like, no, no, I'm too old. <laughs> he he started that job like as I was starting college. So I read I I should hear Adam West, but I don't. I hear Kevin Conroy as both you know the Bruce Wayne voice, which is different than the Batman voice, mm-hmm. and the Batman voice is. is cemented and then well and and that was something that was commonly said uh in in like the response to his passing right in Mm -hmm. in the twitter feeds and everything about him 
constantly people were saying, you know, that's that's the voice I I read, mm-hmm. you know, for for Batman. But then I also saw at least one writer um, say that's the voice I write. I think I think it was James Tinian oh, wow. um, said, I write I write Kevin Conroy <laughs> as Batman. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just how pervasive he is. Um, Mav, you noted that we're going to be talking about an episode from the first uh, year of Batman the Animated Series. It's Christmas with the Joker. That's the mm-hmm. 38th episode. I I don't know how to label episodes of Batman the Animated Series anymore. Or, or, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they, so they get divided by different seasons and, and uh-huh. episode order. <laughs> there but, were volumes of the DVDs, but that wasn't exactly seasons. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs> on HBO Max, it has like the first season and it's like, 80 episodes yes and then and, the second then, season's like 18 yeah uh <laughs> the, well so we were talking about christmas with the joker which aired on november 13th 1980 or 92 it was written by eddie Gorodesk and directed by kent butterworth but we're also gonna be discussing holiday nights which i everywhere i looked said this is from the new adventures of batman but on hbo max is still listed under batman the animated series as yes, like a late episode in that <laughs> um, well they call it they call it season they call it season three episode one of right which is weird because most places say that the original Batman series only had two seasons. Um, yeah, but it, but but it's not meaningful. Don't don't try to think yeah, of it well, too hard. It's all it's all the Batman universe that like is part of the DCAU starring the, Kevin. The Paul Dini look. Yes. Yeah. And, the, the Bruce. Uh, a lot of the, sometimes like the Bruce Tim verse is what. People yeah, yeah. Call. The, the Bruce yes. Tim and Paul Dini. Plus, uh, like Justice League is in there, and Justice League Unlimited, mm-hmm. and the Superman. Because it well, it's. Su- I know it's super messy because I I had the um the volumes right the I got the the big DVD box set complete series mm, yeah. of mm-hmm. Batman and I've listened to like all the commentaries and watched all the special features on it uh, at, at various times in my life because I wanted you know all of the Batman the animated series but then it also has um you know the new adventures because they did you know like a hundred some odd episodes of Batman. And then they kind of restylized and did some Superman. Yeah. And then they're like, we kind of want to do some more Batman. <laughs> and so they like restylized more, you know, in line with the Superman and and did, you know, more Batman. And for a while, there was like the Batman Superman hour. Mm-hmm. And there was a separate intro credits intro for like like theme song and everything for the Batman Superman hour. I will just say I, that which I love. I love that that theme because mm-hmm. it's like images of Batman and Superman and it like it works amazingly. So there's like there's Batman, the animated series, which has the like, very classic opening, which is what played in front of all of these on, on HBO max. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a new adventures of Batman and Robin, I think yeah. is what it was called for mm-hmm. the Batman one. But my favorite theme song is the Batman Superman you know, adventure hour or, or whatever it was called. <laughs> I would just say, strangely enough, this is not a new problem for superhero cartoons in the DC nope. universe because the, the filmation era, uh, oh, you had like the Superman Aquaman hour, which then became the Batman Superman hour, hour without any warning, uh, which then also <laughs> became super friends and every season of super friends had a new title. Um, none yes. of them are actually just super friends. They're not it's the like same, super friends, galactic adventures, challenge of the champions. <laughs> yeah. Superman. Yeah. They're all the, the new super friend show. Yeah. They're every season's different and it's, and it's impossible to 
if, if one were to try and like, I don't know, cite it in a book or, or a dissertation or something, mm-hmm. just or explain it you're... to a classroom when you're talking about appearances of Superman, right? In media, yeah. If one were to have that problem in the bibliography, poorly, <laughs> so poorly, it's so awful. It's such a horrible. But the thing, thing is, anyone who cares to look up the citation is going to understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they've been there. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah we know. <laughs> it's like, we just we all have a casual agreement um in, in the field to just do our best and we're like with, with yeah. filmation and with the timbers <laughs> right like, um but holiday nights that second episode it originally aired on September 13th 1997 that was written by paul dini uh, and directed by dan reba so those are the two holiday themed episodes that we're gonna talk mm-hmm. about and that's the way i found for us to really have like a a, a, a kevin conroy tribute hour on the podcast that releases in december <laughs> it's uh choo- it's choosing the, christmas the, the, the two batman christmas episodes from this um before, because we so recently did an episode about Batman the Animated Series with uh, Kirsten Christensen was the guest, and she'd pulled up a lot of great trivia. I'm not going to repeat that trivia. I just want us to take a moment and talk about Kevin Conroy and what mm-hmm. not only like like obviously the longevity is one thing that makes him so definitive, but what about the performance itself is special for you in in terms of capturing Bruce Wayne and Batman? It's I the mean, two he... voices. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it starts there. It starts yeah. with yeah. two voices. I, like I was gonna say, it's like I mean, he took it really seriously, mm-hmm. in 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 like the best way, like the most like sophisticated actorly way, where he said like, okay, what what can I connect to emotionally about this character, and how can I like how can I get behind this, right? Like he he looked at it not just as a job, but it's like okay, how do I how do I commit to this in mm-hmm. in a meaningful way? And I think. I think that's like immediately evident when you listen to it, right? There's a certain amount of commitment to it. Yeah. There's no mailing it in. Yeah. Which if you watch a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, uh, you, you can sense sometimes <laughs> that the actors maybe are not fully invested in this paycheck. <laughs> well, I guess they're, they're there for the paycheck, but maybe not fully invested in the role. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, with Kevin Conroy, you can always sense that. And Mav, I think I heard you say like, well, it's the two voices, right? Is yeah. that more or less what you said? <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. But also, I think that the investment in the role is is what makes the two voices happen. And I, you know, I I am of an age where I very much love the Michael Keaton Batman. Mm-hmm. Ba- Michael Keaton was Batman when I was in high school. And, and he... I have fond memories of seeing that in the theater. You know, it's like, it's like coming out around the time when, when I'm old enough to just go to movies without my family. And well, the the art deco aesthetic of that one, is definitely an influence on Mm -hmm. the look of Batman, the animated series. Right. But as much as I loved Keaton as Batman, Keaton's idea of doing a bat voice in order to um, disguise himself is I'll just all graspy like this, which is like what everybody else does. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's the way actors tend to, okay, Batman would disguise his voice, so he'll talk funny. And Conroy didn't do that. Batman just has a different voice. It's, I mean, and, and it becomes very evident over the course of the series that that's the voice that this guy was born with. And, um, or you know has not born and, with, and Bruce Wayne is, is actually and Bruce the, Wayne the is this is this impression that he's doing and it comes across because Conroy felt that that was important in order to make the character seem real and it's um 
we'll get into it a little bit when we talk about the differences between these two episodes, but the show doesn't have to be as real as it is, right? Like, and it starts off kind of goofy in some ways, like, like every superhero property in cart, you know, was, and then like the cartoons usually are even goofier, right? Like the, mm-hmm. like the actual, the actual Batman 89 has a lot of goofy stuff in it. You know, people think that the Schumacher stuff's goofy, but the Burton stuff's just funny in, in a lot of ways. And then they're, you know, Conroy and, and well, actually I should say Denny, um, but Conroy working for him is like, you know, playing this up that first season, but Conroy wants the character to be taken seriously. And, it really, really shows and it makes other people elevate their um, elevate their version of the characters. Right. Because like I, I noticed in this first episode, Lauren Lester, who plays um, Dick Grayson, Robin, he's like not as serious about the role as Conroy is later seasons. He will be. Um, mm-hmm. And Mark Hamill. Absolutely. Like he'll and he'll say that um, to this day, Hamill is like, oh, once I once he started working with Conroy, it was just like, oh, oh, we're doing this for real then. Oh, this isn't just oh, okay, this is acting. I didn't realize, you know. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Let let me take this again. Um, yeah. I did not realize that I was supposed to be bringing the A game. And um, and Hamill talks about the fact that he when he was ready to retire from from the Joker, he is like, well, if they're gonna do Killing Joke, I'll do that to do it with Kevin. And then he comes back for that and then he's, or I can't remember the order. I think he came back first for Arkham. Then he's like, I'll come back again for, for Arkham Asylum, the video games. Then he comes back for killing joke just to work with Kevin Conroy. And after killing joke, he was like, you know what? As long as Kevin Conroy is doing this role, I guess I'm here too. And so I don't know what's going to happen now. You know, Camel might be done, done with the Joker because Conroy's gone. So yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a really iconic part of, uh, mm-hmm. of the series. For me, like the only comparison, like for the voice that I can think of, is Bud Collier doing the Superman radio show. Yeah, and also some of the, I think he he, he went on and did some of the very first filmation Superman stuff. He was still mm-hmm. uh, still alive and did, did the voice work um, on some of those first animated Superman. Uh, he also did the Fleischer Studio for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would do a similar thing where he kind of had Clark up in a falsetto and then he'd lower the voice and be like, "And this is a job for Superman." But it, it, there's still something very distinct where. Uh, with both versions of the Superman voice, and I and I, I I love the Superman radio show and Bud Collier's work, but you feel uh, like something performative about both versions. The Clark Kent feels a little strained into the falsetto range, <laughs> just a bit, and the the Superman feels a little forced down deep. And there's something that still sounds fairly natural to both mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne and Batman, like those mm-hmm. could be someone's voices. I, Whereas yeah. Bud Collier's voice work, I feel like both of those are performance. I yeah. feel like the somehow the Batman voice sounds even more natural, despite the fact that it's like it's more of the effort to perform because because kevin conroy essentially said it's like well what if i do basically my regular voice for bruce and then i'll you know change it up a little bit you know and and like he was he's like a juilliard trained actor like he knew Mm -hmm. what he was doing and and he could sing and everything like he he loved to sing and so he's like yeah i'll I'll like change the register and and drop Mm -hmm. it down and you know like chest voice versus you know, head and throat voice and, and those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, it's like very specific. He's like, it's an octave and a half or something. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's, like, it's like he, so he knew exactly, cool. exactly how to do it, but somehow the Batman sounds more natural. And so the Bruce Wayne sounds a little more performative in mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know if I'm like projecting that just because it's so perfect. And, and the idea of it's like, well, Batman's the, the real character, the real, the real. character and, and everything. But like, I have such like visceral, in my head moments of him shouting, like specifically shouting loudly, like shouting Robin um, or, 
um, you know, like action moments. Yeah. Um, where he's using the I voice. And so he's, I am the knight. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the line. I, there's a clip floating around from a documentary about voice actors. Did you see that clip? Either of you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where he tells a story about um, post 9-11 where he was yeah. he was making meals for uh, firefighters, the, the firefighters that had worked and someone kind of recognized like I, I kind of recognize your voice. And, you know, he kind of like said, you know, I, I do the voice of Batman and and the person like yelled out to the crowd like, hey, Batman's here <laughs> and and like no one believed it. And then he did the that map. What did you just say? What, what's the line that he does? I, it's, it's I am. I am vengeance. I am the knight. <laughs> Yeah, but he did it in his Batman voice. He said the place yeah. erupted <laughs> like yeah. with cheers. It's like it is Batman. It's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that was like that was his line. He would do that at the conventions and everything. That was mm-hmm. you know like his go to line. Um. And and I remember it was like it was on promotional tags for Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. You know, just like spontaneously, like this "I am vengeance" moment. I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it really is, um, great work, but, and particularly when you compare it, like you mentioned the, uh, um, the Michael Keaton version is just mm-hmm. kind of like a, a grass, a, ra- a graspy whisper. And then we right. get the Christian Bale that everyone kind of makes fun of yeah. slash has fun with <laughs> where it's like just <laughs> poor, it's... just almost like a creature voice, you know, yeah, and, and it's, like, to me. it's kind of like, <laughs> Like like nose plugged. It sounds uh-huh. you know like he can't breathe through his nose when he's doing. I mean, I the mean Batman we voice. have we have so many examples of actors trying to find yeah. the distinction between Bruce Wayne and Batman, and it just you it, kind of want to say well, this is it. Here it is. Yeah. It's Kevin Conroy's performance. That's the distinction that we're looking for. We don't need the deep growly monster voice or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's got some sort of like severity and intensity in the volume to it and. You know, like the the growl is like inside the voice. It's not. I don't know how to describe it. I have no memory. Yeah. Did George Clooney do anything when he was doing a Batman voice? Um, not. I mean, it's not really. It's not. It was the just same. kind of George it, Clooney's voice still. Right? I think. And, yeah, it's. I and think Val Kilmer's pretty straightforward too. Kilmer, Kilmer, um, doesn't really change either. Like no, neither of them are doing the level of you know, of, of deception with the that like that um that, that Keaton tries to do they do more what um what, or at least what I think they're trying to do is what uh what um what Chris Reeves did with Superman which is mm-hmm. you know Superman and this is actually brilliant and if you watch the 70s Superman um mm-hmm. Superman's good two inches taller than Clark Kent because he slouches and it, and it really makes a difference. And you can tell that um, you can tell that Clooney is trying to do that kind of thing where he's trying to be more confident as Batman. And, you know, he might speak a little more properly, which is like the, uh, that's the Adam West thing. You know, Robin, I'm over here, you know, like, like, but, but it's not, it's not the same as like putting on a voice, which is like, you know, what, 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 Keaton does and Bale um, and Mm -hmm. Bale and Ben Affleck Affleck does a little bit he does a little bit of of growling but it 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 mostly just seems like he's um I don't know like he's strained or or, like (laughs) Like he's 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 strained or angry (laughs) or like it's the voice that you make when you're like lifting weights or moving something heavy right (laughs) he sounds he sounds strained in that way we also never see Ben Affleck talking to regular people in any of his like briefly he interacts with um with clark kent not knowing that he's you know superman yet but for the mark clark kent and lex luthor for the most part in those in all of those movies um 
that or I mean both of them he's only actually done two of them it's, it seems weird because he's been doing it for so long but so but the the flash isn't out yet and less said the better but um but like in Justice League and in um and in BVS he's mostly hanging out with other superheroes who know who he is so yeah I'll, I'll be honest I've, I've seen those but I couldn't tell you anything about it, them yeah it's the uh like the Bruce in the cave the kind of persona mm-hmm well, but what made what made Conroy great is Bruce in the cave uses the bat voice, mm-hmm. even when he doesn't have the mask on. It is a subtle thing that he does. But Bruce, when he Bruce uses the Bruce voice when he's at a party, when he's talking to Commissioner Gordon. Out, yeah, when, yeah, as, as Bruce, yeah, when he's yeah, when he's when he's at a party, when he's in the boardroom, like Bruce uses the Bruce voice. But whenever Bruce is around just bat family, family members, Alfred or bat family members, um, he even if the cowl's off, he uses um, he mm-hmm. uses the Batman voice and older Bruce in Batman Beyond is an older version of the Batman voice, not an mm-hmm. older version of the Bruce voice. It, it is, and you can definitely tell because even though he's given up being Batman, he's really just given up the cape he's, and he's, he's basically, basically given up time. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's given up. Yeah. And he's just is that guy. He's he's Batman hanging out in the cave now is all he is. And I was going to mention Batman Beyond because that's a, like an additional voice that he has to do that that's very different because he's supposed mm-hmm. to be like 50 years Old. older. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's and it's amazing. still Kevin Conroy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's absolutely, I mean, he's just an absolutely phenomenal actor. Uh, he's done other roles as well. Mm-hmm. But he is so identifiable with this character to me to where I can't I just cannot conceive of him being of anybody else doing it, um, even though I obviously I've you know, I live this world like I live in this world. And also, given what we do for a living, um, I've seen so many Batman, but they all seem like pretenders. And his I mean, voice you will is never stop seeing Batman, I believe. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it, Batman will outlive me. And yet his voice is just the one, right? Like that's who that's who, yeah. like, like I, um, I, I currently love the Harley Quinn TV show and it's not him. And I think, oh, well, they're, you know, it's a guy doing Kevin Conroy, but like goofy because it's a joke because it's Harley Quinn. Ha ha ha. When can we have the real Kevin Conroy? And, you know, now never. Yeah, this is one of those um, celebrity deaths that just kind of came out of nowhere and shook me. I'm <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> um, and uh, like I just realized, like, he's been, like, a wallpaper presence in my life. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, oh, he's there as Batman. <laughs> you know, since since I was uh, 10 years old, he's he's been there as Batman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it was definitely surprising. And that's one reason why, again, we wanted to just circle back uh, to this. Um, why don't... I go ahead and do the uh, plot summaries. We can talk a little bit about these specific episodes. Mm-hmm. All right. Christmas with the Joker. <laughs> I love the naked absurdity of this episode. <laughs> As I was writing the this plot summary, it just got weirder and weirder to be putting these words under the page. And I kind of loved it. All right. So we begin with the inmates of Arkham Asylum decorating for Christmas. <laughs> as criminals would do. Uh, Joker climbs onto the Christmas tree that's in the center courtyard of Arkham Asylum. The Christmas tree turns into a rocket and launches and carries him to freedom. That's our opening. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, just, well, 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 wait, while singing the song, that's very oh, yeah, important. Yeah, the, the Jingle bells, Jingle bells, Batman Batman smells. It's <laughs> part of this episode. And uh, it's Mark Hamill really reveling in singing that song. <laughs> yes. Okay, so then uh, we're going to cut over to the Batcave where Robin has tried to convince Batman to watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's Christmas Eve. Batman agrees that if they go out on patrol and don't see any sign of the Joker, they can come back and watch It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Batman, when they're out, he keeps thinking he's seeing crime, but it's actually just being people, people being nice and helpful. So he thinks he sees like uh, someone stealing a package, but really the person is running with the package up to the person who dropped it and saying Merry Christmas to them. Uh, so Robin thinks he's going to get his way. They're going to go have a relaxing night. Um, but when they get home and turn on the TV, Joker has hijacked the airwaves and is showing a special just for Batman. He has kidnapped Commissioner Gordon, a news reporter named Summer Gleason, who was on a lot of these episodes in Batman the Animated Series, and also Detective Harvey Bullock. And he's going to kill them if Batman doesn't stop him by midnight. Uh, I will also just note, I, I remember an interview in which uh, around the same time Spider-Man was on on mm-hmm. Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. and they complained nonstop about the level of violence that Batman, the producers of Spider-Man about the level of violence that Batman was able to get away with because mm-hmm. they said we could not show a gun. <laughs> we could not have anything pointed directly at innocence. Uh, <laughs> like just notes yeah. after note uh, from the network about what we couldn't do. And then we watch over on Batman and they're talking openly about killing and yes. bullets are flying everywhere. Spider-Man uh, this, was not allowed to use the word kill. So people are constantly saying we will destroy you. Spider-Man or get and, and you. Oh, we'll X- oh no it's destroy almost every time oh, yeah in, in, in both spider-man and in and in the x-men series from the, from this time period if you go back and you watch them it's con- and you know that it's comically funny how often they will they say i will destroy you it's per- i'm going to destroy i'm going to destroy this it's constantly destroy because the the um writers of both shows were just like screw it we're just gonna we're gonna do this and and people will know they'll get used to it they weren't allowed to do that they weren't allowed to use guns so the policemen in spider-man inexplicably have ray blasters yeah, they're just regular <laughs> cops. <laughs> Why uh, do they have those? I don't know. <laughs> got a lot of lot of laser guns. Yeah, a lot of laser guns. Um, so <laughs> when I play with my kids, uh, I don't want them to like get hung up a ton on like killing the dragon. Mm-hmm. When yeah. when when we play uh, fight the dragon, or or sometimes I try to make it more gentle and call it brave warrior. Um, <laughs> and and so when they have like their their foam shield and sword, and they're you know. I, and I'm the dragon. I was like, oh, you defeated me. And so my son is like completely attached to defeated as the <laughs> as the the verb to use. It means kill. We watched <laughs> we watched Empire Strikes Back and they like knocked down. I, I think it was in the, the opening the battle. AT-80s? Yeah, they knocked down the AT-ATs and then blow one up. He's like, they defeated it. <laughs> yes, accurate. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> No one's walking out of that defeat, but <laughs> anyway, uh, Joker's threatening just uh, over the airwaves to to kill uh, these three people. The, uh, he calls them the awful, awful family. Um, <laughs> and uh, so now Batman and Robin are going to race around to try and save them. But Joker wants to, you know, play with Batman and distract him. So he announces that we're going to blow up uh, a train bridge and, and they do set explosives and, and blow up a bridge. Batman and Robin, uh, you know, drive the Batmobile, get to the train, stop it before it crosses the down bridge. Batman. Can I say this episode, yeah. some, some great moments of the, the great Batmobile, mm-hmm. such a, such a good design for the Batmobile. Yeah. There's and, some good U-turns in this. And also what a beautiful art deco train. 
mm-hmm. that, oh, they, yes. that they set up for this for this. <laughs> I was like, that train is is so Art Deco. I love it. I love Art Deco. I love the the style that they went with for the show, like kind of a weird, timeless Art Deco 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's like 1920s, 1980s Art Deco city. Yeah, uh, that's like what the fashion is. It's like, yeah, it could be the 80s or the 20s. It's, well, that's I, the joy I, of the show of the of, I, of this, which I think you guys said on your other episode. When does the Batman animated series take place? I don't know. <laughs> but it's our sometime, sometime between 1920 and 2000. I don't know. Somewhere in there. <laughs> but also, I, I do want to shout, shout out the geography of Gotham. Because uh, the Batmobile gets to drive up lots of curvy, circling roads heading up hillsides. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or almost like mountaintops. <laughs> like yeah. It's just circling and circling. And getting up. I love it. Oh, so much to love about this. Even if it doesn't make sense. Speaking of things that don't make sense. Um, they pinpoint the source yeah. of Joker Signal, which is the Gotham Observatory. This is the part where I was like, what is actually happening here? <laughs> so so they go, they drive up, twisty road, uh, to the Gotham Observatory, where the telescope has been made into a weapon that just rapidly pivots and shoots and points and blasts at Batman. A, a cannon that can shoot at the ground, you know, yep. like the observatory aims <laughs> like, at. Like, yeah, where, where you want the telescope on the observatory to point, naturally, is straight down, <laughs> which this one does. Uh, so Batman is going to be dancing across the snowfield, uh, dodging these blasts while Robin runs inside. It's got like, uh, uh, it made me think of a nightmare before Christmas when, uh, in Oogie Boogie's uh, lair, the, there's the robot cowboys that have like blasting fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finger guns, but yeah, the, like, there's liter- Joker robot. literal finger guns. Yeah, Joker robots <laughs> uh, pop up and have finger guns and shoot at Robin and he gets through them and he, he talks to Batman and Batman says like, use, uh, what, what is it? I think I wrote it down. Uh, operation cause and effect. Yes. Robin's like, okay, which is Robin like grabbing an exploding battering and throwing it at a piece of machinery. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, waiting for like some like give and take of Batman and Robin teaming up, but <laughs> no, like, no, he just no. blows something up. <laughs> Operation cause and effect is throw something blowy up yeah. at the thing that blows up. <laughs> do the one thing that we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it wasn't even just like throwing a battering. Like he had a sling to launch yeah. a small missile. Yeah, like he spun and, spun a sling around, like like David and Goliath like spin the sling, and then he launched it, and they have a close up of it. I was like, "That's a missile." Yeah. Now, to be fair, there is a cause and effect in the sequence. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the the rules of physics and thermodynamics are are in effect. Yes, yes. Uh, and this does stop the the um, shooting at Batman. So now they go back and get in the Batmobile. Um, now there's also a moment right here where. They said the signal was being broadcast from the observatory. They just blew up the observatory and they get back in the Batmobile and start watching the broadcast. But we're not going to worry about that. Uh, Joker is making Summer open a present, which is a Betty Blooper doll. Batman realizes this is a clue. Those dolls haven't been made in 14 years since the Lafco toy factory shut down. So they race back to downtown Gotham, where apparently a toy factory has been sitting abandoned for more than a decade in prime real estate in a major metropolis. It, like, it, and it looks like it's a tall building. Like it. <laughs> 14 years we were told that explicitly <laughs> so I, great i love I sometimes it. wonder maybe a lot of gothams left abandoned actually <laughs> yeah, like a, a lot of people have moved out you know it, it's, it's a rust belt city at this point <laughs> um 
So uh, in in the factory, they're going to fight some goons. There's going to be a little bit where Batman makes them think they're shooting and killing Batman and his cape is riddled with bullet holes. But it turns out that was just a giant teddy bear uh, that I wanted to put his cape around. Can I? So then he gets the cape back. Um, well, he takes a moment and he puts it on. It suddenly doesn't have any holes. Right. But when so they're like inside the the space and then Batman sees the goons with their Tommy guns mm-hmm. and calls out snipers. Watch right. out. Those classic Tommy gun snipers. <laughs> yeah. you know. Just with pinpoint precision, uh, just like what you want from a it's sniper. Like, I don't think sniper is quite the right term just because they have a height advantage. Just the high ground does not a sniper make <laughs> the high ground. Oh, I love this. I Superhero <laughs> stories should not be taking themselves so seriously all the time. This is no. more of what we need. Mm-hmm. This tone right here. Uh <laughs> They're, uh, they capture God, a Joker. That's really the end. <laughs> then we're going to go back to Wayne Manor and uh, Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson watch the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Now they missed the broadcast, but thankfully Commissioner Gordon lent Batman a taped copy. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's a thing. That's a conversation that Batman improved. You know, oh, Gordon, before I leave. Uh, I've never watched it. Do you have a VHS? <laughs> 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 Just like... oh, what, what did he say? I, I've never watched it. Or what do you say? It's a tradition. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Robin probably did the asking. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> that was definitely a Robin like, Gordon hey, conversation. Hey, off to the can side. I, well, can I get a copy of It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, ba- Batman believe- has already sw- swung away. Batman's and ba- never seen it. <laughs> Robin's like pretending his battery's having a problem. He's like, oh, I'll be right there. <laughs> hey, hey, Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> I just just want to. Before you do the the plot of the other, because I, I will forget, um, there's of everything that we've talked about, and we've been making fun of it, and and I yeah, you know, I, I promise the listeners, I adore this show. We're we're, we're laughing oh, at it. It is so good because it's yes, so it's yes. so wonderful. But my the thing that really bugs me is Batman figures things out. This you know his caper. Uh, his um his solving this caper, which he was all but ready to give up on, by the way. He's like, oh, I guess we'll go home. I don't know how to catch the Joker unless he screws <laughs> up again. And then he goes, oh, I know because that doll hasn't been made in 14 years. He must be at the toy factory um, where where it you know where they made that. It's like or and I'm just spitballing. He has a old doll <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking in the corner over there. Um, I have a um, I have an Elmo doll that is um, just sitting like it's an Elmo stuffed animal that is um, from it, it is an ABC Elmo that I believe I bought in 2000. 19 <laughs> it's 20 more, those, more than 14 years ago those haven't yeah, been made in 14 20, years. Yeah. You're going to have to you'd have to be in the manufacturer. Right. Where it's it's just in this room. It's sitting on it's sitting on the shelf in the corner. Um, I you know I the, I am not in the toy factory. <laughs> just <laughs> that like, to me Yellow or ABC. Why would you presume I am? It's just this weird thing. It's like I I have lots of old stuff because I'm older than fourteen, so I've got yeah. stuff that's from more than fourteen years ago. <laughs> also, it, it's the Joker. I, I'm guessing he has random toys. Like that's yeah, part of his shtick. That's his whole thing. Yeah, he just like. <laughs> well, but, and, like and, but it's also the fact that he's right. Batman's like, oh, I bet you it's this, and it's like, and and I just I wish. There, there could be a moment where Robin would be like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why would we go there?" It's like, no, but no, it's correct. 
Oh, it's so great. So great. There's, uh, I mean, I guess let's just go ahead and tackle this before. This episode was surprisingly intertextual to me, and I don't know why all the references are there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, It's a Wonderful Life is like a key plot point. It doesn't do the It's a Wonderful Life thing. No. Other than just... kind of say Batman's making a big difference to yeah. Gotham. Right. right? Uh, the Betty Blooper doll is clearly a Betty Boop. And I don't know if that, like, didn't Fleischer Studio do Betty Boop and they did the Superman that is kind of the model that mm-hmm. is influencing the Batman? So maybe that's a reference. I mean, I mean, the train in this looks like a Fleischer Superman train, right? Mm-hmm. It's that level of art deco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Betty Boop is Fleischer, yes. By the way. And uh, there's, uh, you get various Christmas songs. Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't there in the Nutcracker Suite? Yeah, they yeah, play, and, they and play kind of like the march of the of the, the toy soldiers. Jingle uh, bells, Batman smells is is how the episode opens with yeah. with this. You know, it, it is absolutely a study in intertextuality, in for for just goofiness, right? Like, yeah, kind mm-hmm. of like pastiche style, not yeah. not uh, building meaning, just like oh, no. it's all here. <laughs> no, they they just this this episode just wants you to laugh. Like uh, that's that's what's going on. They're just like you're just laughing at it for comedy reasons, right? Like it's not. Um, it, it's but not you're also got... cheering for Batman, right? Right. But I mean, what I what I'm getting at is, um, I in my mind before I rewatched this because I, I haven't rewatched all these in a long, long time. I watched them when they were coming out, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this show takes Batman so seriously." When it came out um, for a cartoon, this is amazing. But now having had, you know. 30 years to <laughs> of Batman being taken too seriously. In right, media. right. Right. <laughs> I, I realize it's not really that much. It's just, you know, like everything else has gone so far past this to where this was just kind of delightful. Um, and then comparing it to holiday nights, holiday nights is more what I remember the DCAU t- um, tone mm-hmm. to be because mm-hmm. it's very much, it's got the, the later new adventures of Superman art style that, you know, that, very much became the Bruce Tim art style. Um, and then even the Bruce Tim design ends yeah. up in Justice League more, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and also um, I have three Bruce Tim coffee table books. This is how he draws today. <laughs> like he just, I'm, I'm a yeah. huge fan and it's just, this just became his, his signature style. And there's elements of that in the original and Batman, the animated series, but not what it would ultimately become. It is not as stylized. So, um, so this feels like it's got kind of a mixture between um, the Tim Burton Batman, what would be the later Paul Denny superhero stuff, and like some throwback to earlier um filmation batman style batman stuff and 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 super friends and hanna barbera stuff like it's trying to it's trying to give you all the joy of what is batman just so that you can have a good christmas episode yeah it's kind of like uh when we're saying like what what time period is this actually set in who cares uh you know what tone are we getting who cares <laughs> just sit back and enjoy like even the goofy stuff of like like the int- the premise to the beginning of the episode is Robin just wants to go home and like spend a call co- a, a quiet evening at home watching you know it's a wonderful life Christmas movie it's Christmas yeah like <laughs> you know and Robin grew up there how has how has Robin become a big fan of uh how has Dick become a big fan of it's a wonderful life and yet Bruce has never seen it is Bruce just that much of an absentee father I mean. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> except, that. It, except that he's not right because because like Bruce is Bruce actually takes really really good care of all of his you know adopted sons. I mean, other than the fact that he puts them in constant danger by having them on rooftops right. where people are shooting at them, but like he's doing it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's wearing the dark costume and they're wearing yeah. the bright one, but yeah, you know, but, oh sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like, but he but it is like a it is weird. Like, when did Dick grow up watching this movie? Like you've lived with this guy since you were eight, you know? Mm. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, this one's going to be an even quicker summary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the holiday nights because this one is three short stories. Yeah. Um, and, a and none of them are like plot heavy. So Harley Quinn <laughs> no. and Poison Ivy uh, want to have a night out on town, so they use a poison that kind of seduces slash brainwashes Bruce Wayne. Yeah, uh, mind control lipstick. Yeah, yeah, into doing their bidding, uh, and their bidding is to go on a shopping spree <laughs> with his credit cards. <laughs> Eventually, Bruce tries to fight this off, uh, and he unfortunately falls down an out-of-order elevator shaft. Uh, the girls leave him for dead, but then a gloved hand rises out of the shaft after they leave. Batman follows Harley uh, and Ivy, and they have a brief fight, and he captures them. That's pretty much it. The end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> In the second story, Batgirl, Renee Montoya, and Harvey Bullock fight Clayface, who has separated his clay body into the forms of small children and is using them to shoplift at a shopping mall at Christmas time. Batgirl eventually forces Clayface near some electrical wires. He's electrocuted into unconsciousness. They caught him. The end. Uh, in the third story Joker has escaped just before New Year's Eve and has a new sonic weapon that would kill anyone not wearing special ear protection Joker distributes Joker masks to revelers at the Gotham New Year's Eve party of course everyone puts them on why not why not uh uh and so batman now says well joker must be targeting the most people possible which would be the revelers at new year's eve so he goes to downtown gotham batman and robin spot joker but are overpowered by his goons as the joker opens a bottle of champagne to gloat batman grabs it and sprays it over the controls of the sonic bomb disabling it and then uh the little coda it's 2 a.m new year's commissioner gordon wanders into joe's tavern joe says he might not make it this year but then batman arrives and uh gordon and batman toast surviving another year and say they hope they'll be able to do it again next year gordon turns to order a sandwich uh and batman slips out but leaves money uh to cover the bill and gordon vows that some year he's going to beat batman to paying for the check the end oh is that what you think it is? I, I thought he was gonna beat batman to disappearing first oh no, I, was, no. No, I think it's just a it's paying just a pay, paying the tab okay that coda was maybe my favorite thing in all of these episodes <laughs> oh yeah it that's it's that is a fantastic two minutes. Yeah, it's, it's less than two minutes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but I'll, I will also say about that coda, you have the the revelers singing "Old Lang Syne" in there, and those are caricatures of creatives behind Batman the Animated Oh, okay, series. the ones the, that are kicked out right at two a.m. Yeah, so the blonde the, one, the blonde one is Bruce Tim, and then the the shorter one is um, oh. Glenn Murakami, and I can't remember who the who the third one is. But it's like, oh, yeah, like these are, you know, the behind the scenes guys. Yeah. yeah I like they, those. They are. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. I like it when, it when that's done and it's not distracting in any way because I, mm-hmm. I did not know that. And I, you know, it was just normal that there'd be some people being kicked out right before Batman shows up. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think that's something that I had heard on the commentary. They're like, oh, yeah, we, we drew ourselves into this one. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, all right. Anything stand out about any of these stories? Um, I, I will say stand the, out <laughs> at this point. Um, Harley and 
Poison Ivy, like in comics continuity or in a relationship, right? Today. With, today, but not, right, like today, on again, on again, off again. No, today yeah. they are, today they are, um, so in comics canon, literally as we record, they are very much a couple, very specifically um, involved romantically, um, depending on the art, uh, on the writer, maybe not exclusively but it's not it's no longer just implied or anything like right. that they are they are a couple who certainly have presumably had sex like it's right. they they um, um there's a point when harley wants to get married in fact so oh okay uh like this episode i just that like it was 1990s but you could read that as a coded relationship between yes. harley and, and mm-hmm. poison ivy uh definitely or you could just say this is two girls that are going out and having fun you know they seduced a guy as part of this <laughs> and, and, and you know and it's not the only episode of them together. I think like there's two or three episodes of, of them as, at, you know, in, in as a team, up, right? a team up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in, in, in a partnership, right. It starts with just them sort of, you know, Ivy looking at her as the girl in the next cell and in, in an earlier episode. And then like, they just, they get more and more close to where it is. It's absolutely vague as to whether they are a couple or just best friends. And, you know, that's obviously played with in the comics over the years. And then as um, as the world becomes more and more progressive, um, people, um, LGBTQ people, queer people who are looking for representation, start looking to that relationship more and more and shipping them together and then basically begging for it until um, first with the um, what's the. Um, the bomb, the bombshells continuity is one of the first places where the relationships made explicit, and then gradually in the prime DC universe, it's sort of made it's made very very clear. Um, and then in the Harley Quinn TV show, which I love, I adore, is so good. Um, they the Harley Quinn TV show, the first season is about Harley getting over the Joker, and Ivy is just her best friend. But like they they, they over the course of time, you sort that you know they you start realizing that they are developing more and more feelings for each other. So they have an, uh, an organically growing relationship to where they become a couple in that show. It's very good. Okay. Yeah. I've not watched any of the Harley Quinn cartoon. Very um, good. Yeah, I was very like, not, surprised very not, not, not kid safe. Just so you understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're going to, <laughs> yeah. I, I've if, heard if that about to this show. This <laughs> yeah. is, this is a, this is a, this is very much a, adult rated cartoon that mm-hmm. very much looks like the Batman animated series. It is not. This is a right. R a soft R very heavy PG 13 rating somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a, not um, child appropriate, but yeah, cause, cause I knew in comic continuity that they'd become a couple, but I kind of like what you had described. I thought that was like in some ways, like fan shipping them had led to creators doing that. But here's a story There's- from 1997 that mm-hmm. you can already see some of that implication well, and, and harley was created in this series and so mm-hmm. you know there's like this is foundational text yeah it's i, I yeah it's not just yeah. uh you know the, the fan uh um oh what, what's the fan fiction yeah uh you know no this is this is still some of the original creators and, and the original voice of harley quinn you know doing this in this episode it's um one of the things that always amazes me about the harley quinn character and the the relationship with joker is um People, you know, that you always want to start there where people go, oh, and there was a disturbing portion period where people were like relationship goals. And I'm like, no, no, no this is horrible, <laughs> um, horrible idea. But the 
Harley being the Joker's girlfriend is actually a very small part of comics history. Um, the character is only, you know, uh, starts out in 1992, so 93, and it's 2022. So the character's only 30 years old, and she and the Joker have been broken up for 27 of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> so for the vast majority of her, of her, of her, um, history she is the ex-girlfriend of the joker trying to get out from under his shadow it's sort of like the it's sort of like the thing with spider-man where everybody's like oh spider-man's in college, in high school and it's like no that that was true for like the first five years yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's been in college he's been in, he's been in college or older since stanley like stanley was still writing him when he yes. when he moved to college <laughs> yes it was a long time ago <laughs> so yeah so so harley and ivy though has been an on again off again thing since you know this this um since, this since episode this. Was 1994 what is what, what year is this this was 97 97 so and, and since before this so um yeah. at least 25 years yeah so there's there's you know a, a lot of history to it mm-hmm. uh anything else from these episodes that uh or this this uh holiday nights episode you want to highlight <laughs> the people at joker's party are stupid uh, why are you wearing yeah. okay <laughs> and it doesn't come into play at all like they, like they say it's like oh it'll be easy to spot him they get there everyone's wearing the masks and they just kind of look at the stage it's like well he's up there didn't even slow them down i mean oh. and they had like five minutes for this story uh and, and they threw in that and then just decided not to deal with it i think <laughs> like, no, um, but why does it even happen like okay like uh, I I have 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 either of you ever been to a New Year's party before? I've been to New Year's parties, right? You, people go uh, to New Year's parties, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. if you were to go to a New Year's party and people are like, "Welcome to New Year's. Here's your def- your Jeffrey Dahmer mask." Mm-hmm. I, I'm not putting that on. No, I, I'm <laughs> probably leaving that party. That right, party's Jeff- not for me. <laughs> right, Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm like serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. I think I don't want this. I think yeah. I don't belong here. And if you, you guys think enjoy this your is party. Funny, yeah, not for me right now. I'm out. Uh, also, when the headline like, is the Joker, Joker escaped mask. today. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the Joker mask. <laughs> yeah, the, the party doesn't make any sense. I also took note of the fact that, I mean, Gotham is like typically kind of like it, it, it like represents Chicago roughly, and we've seen snow in Gotham, but at this party, it's an awfully warm New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's it's snowy in Dakota. Uh, in that yeah, one. it depends on where you are. Yeah, by you two a.m. the snowstorm has come. <laughs> I I am I am from the Midwest. I, you know, I I grew up in Cleveland. I I I have lived in Pittsburgh for most of my adult life. That can happen. Yeah. <laughs> we have we we have days that have a fifty degree shift. That <laughs> that's happened before. Um, I mean, I think every part of the country thinks there, other than like Southern California, they think their region invented the "if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes" joke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but just, yeah, we can we can we can have a fifty degree shift. It's you know, man, it's not like it happens every day, but sure, you might you, you might you might have a day that it's like the sixties or seventies in 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 at morning, and then like oh, cold fronts moving in. 10 degrees tonight. <laughs> uh, that can happen. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to talk just briefly because it's, it's not like exactly what we're here for, but the, um, the second of the three stories in holiday nights with, with Batgirl and Clayface and, and, and Bullock and Montoya. It's just this, the, the show is strong enough that they can have, I mean, this could have been a whole episode's worth of mm-hmm. adventure 
without Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can have substantial adventure with the secondary characters or, or even like tertiary characters. And it's like, yeah, this is totally satisfying and it fits the world and it, it like fleshes out the world. Mm-hmm. I also, for whatever reason, feel like super attached to Clayface as, as like a oh. prime villain from this series. Oh, you would love, you, you would love the Harley Quinn series. <laughs> He is, a, would, he is a major port. He is a major part of the of the Harley Quinn series. I so I remember in the Batman the animated series Origin of Clayface, the mm-hmm. actor like gets Two part. makeup that makes his face more malleable, and then at the end of the first part, because he owns my memory, I haven't watched this in probably that episode since I was a kid. I think, I think mm-hmm. it's uh, probably Feet of Clay Part One. Yeah, and Feet he's, of Clay oh, part he two. like owes the gambling debt or something, and the people come and they force him to drink the makeup. Mm-hmm. Is that right? <laughs> Um, that might be. It's been a while since I've watched. It like I well. just remember, I, I have that, right. or maybe they like drown him in it. Drown? Yeah. yeah. Like, did they make him drink it or did they shove him in it? I can't remember. I, I have a memory like the shadow of them pouring it down is is, but oh, it's like shadows okay. on the wall is my yeah. memory. But again, okay. that's from like me when I was eleven. That that okay. memory is ingrained as like that's a little traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe and then he turns into this Aldini, and then he turns into this this clay monster that can't keep his form. But he has yeah. godlike power here. He's t- he's mm-hmm. he's he's behaving as four to sep- four separate and distinct beings that he yes that have his consciousness <laughs> driving yes. them, and and he's got you know there's a there's a really good episode of of this show that features Clayface growing heavily. pains. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah I didn't want to I, 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 I know the one get... you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 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 like Robin centric, and I was yeah, like it's, the it's prime a, a age. Oh, to watch that and be like, I identify with Tim Drake right yeah, here. Tim is, Drake is, is my age. I'm episode, watching yeah. this. It's a gut and, punch episode that, like, uh, that like maybe is a future show. So I don't mm-hmm. want to give too many deal out details. No, I, but I love that episode. Yeah, Clayface is um, Clayface is a really interesting character. I I love Renee Montoya. Um, she was she great for this, or was she one Renee, that was like a Renee? Is I believe created for this show. But quickly and has become integral in the, more, integral in the DC, universe. Of the DC universe, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bullock is great, and 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 I'm a massive Batgirl fan. I I love Barbara Gordon. Um, uh, so it's yes, weird. she is created for the cartoon series. Yes, uh, but is now all over the DC. Yes, she's the, she's the current question. Um, yeah. Another favorite character of mine. Okay. I like just, for so. anyone who's not a superhero fan, the question is the na- the name of a superhero character. <laughs> so oh. he, Matt says she's the current question. Yes, yeah, she is the current. <laughs> she is the replacement for their. Oh, so if you if you've if you've seen Watchmen, uh, <laughs> Rorschach is a character based on the question, and the question is uh, the original question was Vic Sage. Renee Montoya is the second question in, uh, in the DC universe. I believe the um, question is a Steve Ditko creation is the Steve Ditko character. Um, my point being, these are four characters who have a lot of history, Batgirl, Renee Bullock and Clayface really all could deserve a 20 minute episode, but they get five minutes here and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to share and it. And it's a solid five minutes of like, you know, but it's weird because Batman's in all the other segments. Yeah. So, but I don't how- mind, like, um, <laughs> like I still remember when watching reruns of the Adam West Batman, I always mm-hmm. preferred, I mean, I didn't know what it was at the time, but when it was a season three episode, when Batgirl was in every episode, mm-hmm. uh, of, of the old Adam West, like even as a kid, like, Oh, his Batgirl's here. That's great. Uh, <laughs> and, to get like a long Batgirl segment, uh, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. Here she is. <laughs> I, it just makes me want more because I because mm-hmm. I like I think that this version of the character is very good. 
um and i like the character in general so um at at the beginning she so she's at the department store which all of these things have a ton of shopping at department stores i i don't know if i've ever bought like more than three things at a department store department <laughs> oh, stores do not matter to me uh, well, like this is this, a timeless era uh, yeah. certainly not a modern era <laughs> Um, (laughs) but so she's like, she's about to buy a red tie for her dad, commissioner Gordon. I'm pretty sure he's, I'm trying to remember if he's always wearing a red tie or if he's never wearing a tie (laughs) in this show. And and so like my thought process is like, she's getting him another red tie. I'm looking him up right now because I'm having the exact same. Like I can envision, I can envision both of what you just described. (laughs) Does he have a red tie loosened or... Oh, it's, it's do- a black tie. It's a loosened black tie is what mm-hmm. he's coming up in most often. Mm-hmm. So she just wants him to change it up. Yeah. Uh, Dad, you're always wearing the black tie. Let's let's get a little flair. Yeah, she's uh, doing Christmas shopping <laughs> and she's buying a present for her dad in a in a pre. I, I guess, Andrew, you're you're young enough that you've probably never been an adult in a non-internet. I mean, a yeah, non-internet shopping, shopping area yeah. era for for Christmas because Christmas shopping takes a long time in a world without amazon <laughs> yeah <laughs> no like post amazon you can do all your christmas shopping in like 20 minutes the day you know with while Prime, you're watching you batman to... the animated right. series oh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> two days before you know like long as you're long as you start before the 23rd mm-hmm. you're in good shape but in there was the, a lot of the... errand running yeah <laughs> but it used to be a, yeah you used to have to go to the mall and like wander around with a list and stuff yeah but also lot. buying a, t- a child buying their father a tie that their father will never wear. Yeah, that, that's, that's oh, also a modern tradition. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. That's a that, that doesn't feel out of place at all. Um, or there is a, or okay. even if it's or a child buying their parents something they think their parents should want. <laughs> that is also like, oh, you you should dress more like this. You should want this. <laughs> There's and then finally my my thing was the other segment like. I love Harley and po- and Ivy. I really do. But like the fact that they're that they're great, you know, here's this wonderful thing we're going to do. We're going shopping because yeah. we're ladies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, that 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 didn't age the oh, best. <laughs> we're going to do the the like clothes, trying on clothes montage to music. So so <laughs> yeah. they they mind control Bruce Wayne. They don't know he's Batman. No. And then they as known criminals in costume mm-hmm. go shopping in an otherwise abandoned space. So it, it seems more like they're robbing it. Yeah. But, but they, they show, they card. show <laughs> Bruce Wayne signing receipts yeah. <laughs> for his credit card under duress. Right. Yeah. It's a yeah, weird, it's, go on. It, it, it is, a, it is a very odd. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. It's an, it's an odd choice. Um, <laughs> There is a um, Poison Ivy's original power from her very first appearance appearance is um just mind control. That's um that's what she does. Like she's yeah. uh it, it so that so that is um and and it does appear to be through kisses um that she does it. So Yeah, it, it's like a, a chemical based mind control. I, I think I think we're unlocking more and more issues. <laughs> As, as we go down this description, yeah. Yeah. the the shopping montage, the the yeah. woman who can seduce through kisses, and befuddle men. 
this is just a something I this is something I noted when when working on my dissertation that like it's probably just a minor trivia that no one's ever cared about. But if you actually read the very first appearance of Poison Ivy, she shows up there. So uh, Bruce and Dick are at a museum unveiling of this exhibit, which is just paintings of the greatest female vi villains in history and poison ivy shows up to complain a classic theme for a museum yes. and, and poison ivy shows up to complain that she's not on the wall because she is the actual greatest villain and then she complains and then so batman and robin start chasing her because she's the greatest villain and then she hypnotizes batman and then robin helps them break the spell and then they catch her and they send her to jail she never commits a crime in the entire issue. She just shows up and complains that she's not on All the right. wall. That's it. <laughs> it's amazing. I, There's I'm no crime. I'm serious when I say this. I want more of that. Yes. Uh, like, <laughs> it's I, I don't need to have sympathy for every villain's motivation for it to be a good story. No. Sometimes they can be angry that they're not on the wall of paintings of the greatest yeah. villains in history. <laughs> now, Even though we have never heard of this character before. They're arriving never. now. It's now, <laughs> hang, hang on a second. If you take that and you add in the, like, the eco defender or eco terrorism, yeah, right, way later. Uh, but <laughs> but then fundamentally, Mav, what you have just outlined is the climate activists who are throwing cans of soup on paintings yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> like that is the level of criminal that Poison Ivy is. Yes, yeah, she, uh, uh, you know, for for that introduction. Yeah. All right, and uh, thank because paintings are oh, protected. They're, and they know they're protected, by the way. So just like yeah, this is a little, they're, just, they're doing it for the attention. I'm going to glue yes. my hand up here. I'm going to put something so that it looks good on the tweets and the headlines. Yeah. Yes. Math <laughs> describing that. I'm like immediately I'm like, oh, well, this is the, a goofy Silver Age Batman story. Like you just know from that <laughs> description. But Andrew, you've tied it back to like, well, this is actually what's happening today. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, Poison Ivy is, is a climate activist. Right. And, th and this is why Batman the Animated Series is a timeless show. Because it makes just as much sense in 1950 as it does in 2022. Yeah. Oh, this, this show's so good. Love this show. Uh, all right. Uh, any final thoughts about uh, Kevin Conroy's performance as Batman and Bruce Wayne or any uh, about these particular episodes? gonna be missed he's so good. He's so good. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's, it's funny because we're, we're just we're laughing at it, but I enjoyed this so much with you know with what i think of as such a gritty character this is just delightful as stupid as these things are that we're making fun of i i laughed the entire time i was happy <laughs> it's like this is a this is a cute little christmas thing and at the end batman has coffee with 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 gordon and you're like ah that's that's mm -hmm. sweet two, two buddies <laughs> there's i you know like i should there should be an element of fun and like self-awareness and winkingness like in, in modern James Bond, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're like, we know what we're doing. We know, you know, who this character is and it's okay to have a little bit of fun with it. And, and this show captures that kind of in like the perfect doses, but also saying like, look, if Batman doesn't save the day, then like three people are going to get dropped in a pool of acid. <laughs> and, <laughs> And it's like kind of wild. It you know it's it's not James Bond in the sixties. It like this has more to do with with Daniel Craig James Bond than Sean Connery James Bond. Well, I don't know the the supervillain that's about to drop some people in acid is the nineteen you know, the more of the sixties James Bond. Villain. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like tonally, right? You, you have some of those trappings, yeah. But 
but tonally this is it is more modern than that right mm-hmm. and so it, it it has that self-awareness and batman can make a face about stuff and be mm-hmm. like Ugh. but it's also you know. not like um like you know like deadpool level of self-awareness mm-hmm. <laughs> you know or anything like that it's there, there's a line that i think i really enjoy where this one lands sometimes things are like maybe in between this and Deadpool where it's like, Oh, you're not quite hitting it. Like Mm -hmm. Deadpool's like so extreme. Uh, you know, it is just so doing its own thing over there. Uh, or even like the she Hulk, uh, you know, Marvel series. Um, but there's something about this. That's just, it's a good balance of having fun with the silliness, like a telescope. Somehow Joker has turned the telescope into a gun. We're not going to worry about how, (laughs) or, Um. or the infrastructure of, of the rocket. Christmas tree. Like who got that in there? How, how the Joker. He, and then he's like, who, he's who ready didn't to notice go. This, this tree was a rocket. He escapes on Christmas Eve and then he's ready to go on broadcast. Like yeah. people are already kidnapped and everything's all good. Um, you, you, you plan ahead. You got a lot oh yeah, of working like, parts. I, I will say like these episodes don't particularly showcase Kevin Conroy very much. Right. We we're using no, them as, as an opportunity to like talk about him in context of the holiday. Um, but there, like, there's a lot of episodes and, and in a lot of cases, people kind of started bringing up the same, like five or six episodes mm-hmm. um, in, in everything I heard, you know, I heard it talked about in like three or four different um, podcasts at least. And, and everyone kind of like settled on like the same few episodes. Um, Growing Isn't there? I mean, you mentioned he's a Juilliard trained actor. Isn't there a Justice League episode that ends with Batman singing a love song mm-hmm. to Wonder Woman? Yes, yeah, the, yes. this little piggy, mm-hmm. um, and which he um they they and they explain away because Batman explains that he had to go undercover as a singer once, so he's actually got a beautiful voice, <laughs> which Kevin Conroy does. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so so that one came up a lot because because it was a chance to have him sing, um. Mm-hmm. Perchance to dream came up a lot from the the animated series because the he also where he says he he thinks of himself as Batman in his head. That's why the criminal mm-hmm. couldn't uh, um, Bruce Wayne. No, that's a that's a reference to Batman Beyond. Actually, mm. that's a Batman Beyond. That's a Batman it's Beyond not. thing where where someone's trying to like like make him seem crazy, and so oh. they're they're like talking to him through subsonics. Somehow like, in my head, it was in a uh, um, animated series. But, I'm wrong. But this one is. Um, like the Mad Hatter puts him in a dream world where he, where he's Bruce Wayne's perfect life. And he's like, but this isn't real. <laughs> like, I know I'm really Batman. Um, and he voices Thomas Wayne in that. Oh, and okay. so he gets to do three voices in that one. Um, There's a, there's a really poignant episode of justice league unlimited that has to do with a child dying of cancer basically. Mm-hmm. And, and so people reference that one which is also not like a highlight of his voice work, but it's, I mean, it like he does a lot with very little there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, these are not particular episodes to highlight Kevin Conroy. So I wanted to, to point that out. Um, but it, like, I love the show and it's like in large part, thanks to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think we shared it on the last one, but Andrew, we had one interaction with him at a, at a Comic-Con. Uh, and he was just a delightful human, like just the, the kind of celebrity interaction you, you, I mean, you know, celebrities can have off days, but like, there was nothing off about it. Like he just seemed so delighted to be interacting with everyone who was a fan of Batman, the animated series. Yeah. Yeah, He talked to the daughter who was wearing a Batgirl costume and he did the Batman voice to her and it was just perfect. 
and he, he like spent the right amount of time with everybody and mm. had energy with everybody. It was it was one of those like perfect things. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what I hope to get out of conventions. He, he was, you know, like one of the pinnacles of that. All right. Well, Kevin Conroy will be missed, uh, but fortunately, we have so many hours of him performing uh, as Batman whenever we need to go and revisit that. And occasionally I see him in something else random, like he's in a random episode of Cheers. Uh, and it's just strange. Oh, really? He's <laughs> like, wait. Yeah. Oh, is, wow. Like, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> what episode of Cheers as a young man there? It's like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's Kevin Conroy. That. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely done. He, I definitely have seen him in other, you know, other voice actor work like um, he's he. Um, is going to be um, or, or he was the voice of um, of Hordak on um, the Masters of the Universe show that um, that Kevin Smith did. Kevin Smith did for Netflix. Year. Yeah. And he's uh, he's also a merman in that. So he's uh, he's done those. But he's also just done lots of like, you know, other voice acting work. Um, and, you know, we talked about a lot about the show, but I'm a big fan of the Arkham Asylum video games, which even though that's a very different world than the show, it needs him it, because like you spend so much time in that game being Batman that like having his voice there just really sells the game. It makes you feel it, it, it connects you with the character more than just having uh, the animation jump around on screen would. Yeah, I've never played uh, that one, but mm-hmm. knowing that it's like Kevin Conroy doing the voice is like, oh, that would. Like you'd really feel like you're Batman. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's it's literally like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm I'm Batman <laughs> because of course. And I know that game was like famous for like all the graphics and the hyper realism they were able to do, and it was like so cutting edge in so many ways and immersive gameplay. Mm-hmm. But if it was just a random voice actor doing Batman's voice, that wouldn't, wouldn't feel right. Sold it. Nope, it's, it's it's about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's going to wrap up this episode thank you Mav, uh for coming on is there anything you would like to plug oh um on, in a perfect world i'm on every podcast every week um but <laughs> in in weeks that i'm not on every podcast uh you can follow me on twitter at chris maverick i wonder if twitter still exists it's been you know it existed a couple of weeks ago oh, when we yeah. when we recorded this um <laughs> and i'm it on my like it's teetering a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah um twitter used to be this social network um for your for listeners in the future where people would you know post status updates and it went poorly um the but you can also follow me on my two podcasts vox popcast uh v-o-x p-o-p-c-a-s-t um which is a weekly pseudo academic roundtable pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing where we talk about some different pop culture topic every week and it varies it can be a comic book it can be a movie it can be just a general concept like christmas movies which is something we're recording in a week or so um you guys have both been on that show it's always great Mm -hmm. to have you um and you can also catch me on my other podcast, um, Oh Gosh, Oh Golly, Oh Wow, which is a weekly analysis of the 1990s through 2000s comic, or actually 88 through late 90s comic Excalibur, which is a X-Men spinoff that I adore. And we analyze a different, um, every week we analyze the next issue of that comic series and we're working our way through it. So, so it's been a lot of fun. Uh. I mean, I have some questions about what the future of that podcast is, but we can talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a great podcast and you've got a great group. So 
Yeah, we've there's uh, questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just I. But yeah, we, please like and subscribe. <laughs> the math. Like and subscribe to like and subscribe to both shows. We we, we can yeah. always use the listeners. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it, it's great evergreen show. So yeah, mm-hmm. you, and uh, it's has the wonderful blend I think of fandom and scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks. That is a, is a sweet spot. Um, I, and I just want to say I, I hope the group keeps doing things. <laughs> <laughs> What episode or what issue of Excalibur are you up to now? 70? Uh, At time of recording, I believe we're on 73. Yeah, so (laughs) not not as much content to remain as there as you've gone through. Yeah, there's yeah, it's we're we're more than halfway up, halfway through. All right. Well, uh, thank you again, listeners, for joining us for this show. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice, and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We'd like to thank Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. Yeah, it's it, it's from that earlier episode, <laughs> just a few weeks ago or months ago. I want to say it was like August. Let's see. Yeah, I yeah, think August. September.